0: Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon.
1: And I'm Marcus Dillon.
0: And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys
1: and challenges
0: of running a business with your spouse or family.
1: Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead
0: and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. We have our very first guest today, Leslie Reeves, our client CFO at Dillon Business Advisors. Welcome, Leslie.
2: Hey, Rachel and Marcus. Excited to be here.
0: Well, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, uh, what gives you joy in the day. Right. Well, uh... <laughs>
2: Yeah, so like Rachel said, my name is Leslie Reeves, and I have been with Dylan Business Advisors for three years, so it's been a fun ride, a lot of growth uh, outside of work. I uh, have three kids and a husband. We've been married 20 years, a couple of animals, uh, two dogs, a bearded dragon, a fish, uh, and we uh, love to travel. Uh, are very involved in our church and our community. Uh, and then we also are part owners in a gym. So it keeps us really busy.
0: So what you're saying is most of the time you're just bored and looking for something to do.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Sitting on a couch, eating bonbons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> laying in your pool on a float. Yeah. All right,
0: Leslie. So I totally stole this from Sadie Robertson Huff, uh, her podcast called Whoa, That's Good. And she has every guest tell their best piece of advice they've ever been given. So share with us, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
2: All right. Well, I think I've heard a lot of advice. Uh, I've needed a lot of advice over the years, but, uh, I heard at a speaker one time, her name is Jill Briscoe, at an IF conference. And with that, she said, the secret of doing it all is not necessarily doing it all, but rather discovering which part of all he has given us to do and doing all of that. So that's a lot of words, but um, I've always been an achiever, um, always been goal-oriented. And with that... Um, Sometimes I'm chasing goals just for, I mean, I can admit they are vanity goals, status symbols. And so um, really at some point in my life, I realized that all that does is lead to burnout and um, just running around doing things to please others. And so uh, I've kind of been able to take a step back and evaluate uh, what I want in life, what God has given me to do in this life and making sure that I'm just pointed in that direction always. Um, Instead of pointing in all the directions always, um, that's really been the best advice I've gotten.
0: I love that. I feel like when you are doing what he has called you to do, it doesn't necessarily drain you um, when you're working and going and busy uh, as we are, but really recharges even during those times of what may look to outsiders as a very busy time.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, just being focused
0: all right well today we're talking about why client cfos need controllers in their lives and really wanted to start off this topic with as a client cfo what are your favorite parts of that uh, job role
2: well uh, as a client cfo i definitely think my uh, favorite parts are just the people Uh, the people we get to work with inside our team, uh, but also all of the amazing business owners we get the pleasure to work with. Um, We just get to be around people who are smart, who are forward thinking, um, they're out there paving away in their own industries And uh, so we get to support them. uh, We get to be along that journey with them and we get to learn from them. And I think that's really cool to be able to experience all these different businesses um, and different people, um, but all in a common goal of making a place better.
0: That's awesome. And Marcus, you also wear the hat of client CFO within DBA. What are your favorite parts of being CFO?
1: My favorite part is watching Leslie be so much better of a CFO than I am. Uh, so, uh, but no, I, I think, uh, yes, I do still hold down uh, a CFO role for certain clients. I think people is are important and I love helping others reach their goals. And so a lot of times it is those business owners and seeing from a strategy standpoint, what can we do? come alongside them to help them achieve maybe their one, three, five-year goals um, and ultimately work towards those goals, have financial data that tells us if we're on the right track. And ultimately I love the fact that our team is structured to give each person accountability and responsibility for a a given area. And I know that kind of Leslie's, um, you know, kind of quote or, uh, you know, inspirational advice. It, it kind of aligns with your given lane, so to speak. And that kind of goes back into how we've structured our team in serving clients with the pod-like structure and having the three different roles that serve each client. So,
0: Yeah. And so listening to both of your answers, the client CFO and client, is very relational. It's not a transactional happening or something compliance in nature. It's very relational. So Marcus, how often are you guys meeting with clients in order to build that relationship?
1: So the frequency of meetings uh, is really set by the client and how they engage our office. And given our current engagement structure, we have a monthly frequency, a quarterly frequency, or an annual frequency. Uh, Client CFOs still support the team overall that are serving the clients on a weekly, biweekly, monthly basis. And that's made up of the CSM and the client controller. We're still in the background, still giving advice, still helping them. Uh, But client interactions may be a little bit different based on the engagement that we're under. And uh, if we had it our way, we would give them all the time we possibly could, uh, whether that's a weekly, biweekly, monthly meeting, just because we want to make sure that they're set up for success. Um, But ultimately it comes down to time. There's not enough time to go around. And if they don't um, participate in an engagement where there is that set amount of time, then we just stick with that engagement, whether it's quarterly, annually, or monthly.
0: Yeah. And Leslie, what are some of the ways during those meetings that you guys add value to those clients?
2: Well, I think one thing that our clients really appreciate is they know that they can bring um, whatever they need to talk about in those meetings. So uh, we have financials and we have uh, we let them send in uh, some questions that they have for us. So we're prepared for them at those meetings. But a lot of times, those meetings just lead to them talking about their businesses, talking about uh, the struggles that they're having, talking about um, the goals that they have for the year, like Monica said, or three and five years. Um, and then we're there to give them confidence in their decisions. Sometimes um, the business owners, you know, don't have an answer at all. Uh, sometimes the business owners have really good insight, and they just want the confidence. Um, they want to hear, yes, that is the right decision. Move forward. So uh, I think that they come to us for honest feedback, um, for a, a third set of eyes on a um, a problem that maybe our our solution that they're looking at uh, tackling in the year. Um, I also think they come to us for uh, for freedom. And so they bring to us things that are going on in their business, maybe with their own teams or with the market. And we're able to help them problem solve ways to um, be more efficient and then um, give them that time freedom, but also just the, the space to um, focus on their craft.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I know that you guys are also able to provide just some kind of industry standards or what their peers are doing because you work with multiple businesses. So where they may not share their exact financial situation with a friend or um, even a competitor, we can kind of provide that insight um, in general, how other people in their industry are doing as well. And so that type of advice that you're giving in those types of conversations that's like i was saying that's not something that you can really speak into blindly so that's not something that you can that a business owner can ask generically like hey should when should I bring on a partner? Or should I, should I sell my business? Should I open a second location? Those aren't really things that they can just ask anyone off the street. So how are you guys as CFOs able to provide that kind of insight and answers for them?
2: Well, it all starts out with um, our team. So as you mentioned previously, um, we can give the advice because uh, we see a lot. And so, um, first off, our, our structure, we have a team of three, a fractional team of three that works with each client. Uh, and those clients are generally working on uh, other, other businesses in that same industry. So, they're getting a lot of knowledge that uh, maybe an in-house Uh, accountant or bookkeeper would not have um, because they're seeing how things are implemented throughout other businesses, similar businesses and similar industries. So our team of three is uh, a client service manager, and they handle um, primarily the transactional roles, payroll, um, filing sales tax, and they're the um, go-to, like the first level of communication to a client. Uh, and then with that, the second person on that team is the client controller, and they're really in charge of compliance. So they're looking at tax, they're looking at accounting as well, and um, just making sure that everything is in line. I like to say they keep us all in line um, <laughs> there. Uh, and so with that, those te- that those teams add the no- those team members add the knowledge um, through, like I said, the knowledge they get from working in other industry, uh, other businesses in the industry, but then specifically to that business um, that we're talking about, they are in the finance, they're preparing the financials, they are uh, in there on a transactional level, Um, and so that allows us to know that we have a good foundation for which to uh, provide financial um, advising. So a lot of our clients come to us and they have um, really big visions. They know where they want to be in, say, three to five years, but they don't know if they can get there. And um, if they don't know if there's cash in their account to pay for payroll, if they don't know um, that they're overdue on taxes, um, they can't accomplish that vision. So um, it really comes down to having this team um, where our client service managers and our client controllers make sure all the pieces are in place uh, so that they can look at where their business can go and they can look at um, achieving their vision.
1: No, I, think, I think that's, that's right on. Um, I would say the only thing I would add to that is CFM, they're the, like Leslie said, they're the person that's kind of in the day-to-day or the week-to-week, kind of really that touch point with the client. That client controller, who is that next level up they're they're the people that are focused on historical accurate information. And as part of that role, they're also responsible for historical compliance that's based on that historical information. And that allows Leslie and myself as those client CFOs to take that data and build upon it to have conversations with, with the clients about the future essentially. And uh, whenever we're involved, I think it is more about uh, taking taking the weight off of the, the client for a little bit and letting them breathe because uh, both Leslie and, and Drew, they've owned businesses and they know what uh, the weight of some of that could be. We own a business. Um, so we share in that load with our clients in those meetings uh, to kind of help them, grasp what the best decisions are moving forward without being under so much pressure. And I think that's the piece that we can provide just given that maturity that we've experienced over the years. And we could not do that at all without the rest of our team, like Leslie mentioned.
0: Yeah. Marcus, can you share a time where a client asked for something, um, brought something up either in a meeting or outside of meeting time, because that happens too. You'll get a, a message or a text asking something related to their business uh, that you really needed the work that the controller had done prior to that, the work that they're doing on a monthly basis throughout the year?
1: Uh, It happens all the time. So it it could be planning. We're into a new year, so it is a lot of planning. uh, And what does 2023 look like from revenue goals and things like that? And we, we could not even begin to set those revenue goals unless we had accurate, timely financial data uh, that is really a result of the controller being involved and being responsible for that data. And so we can build off of that. We can kind of take input that maybe market conditions are changing. Maybe there is team growth, team attrition. And we can plan accordingly, um, whether it's by month, by quarter or by year, to kind of build out a plan to ultimately set that business owner on the right path toward that goal. And there are other pieces that the controller is, you know, uh, a huge part of as far as on the compliance side. You don't want to go down the path of planning and then all of a sudden be uh, caught off guard that there's an unknown tax liability or Uh, Maybe something wasn't filed timely or accurately and there's penalties involved. The controller is also kind of clearing the path so the rest of the team and the client can go down this path safely and securely because they're not worried about these liabilities that may be down the road.
0: Yeah. And Leslie, Marcus mentioned that the controller is going to take care of the compliance, such as the tax return. Um, What has that allowed you to do maybe specifically with a client uh, either here now that we're just finished year end and looking forward to 2023 or even a past story?
2: Well, I think one thing that we do um, really well in our clients we hear over and over really appreciate is um, our controllers do a um, tax projection for our clients twice a year. So um, the thing that the tax projection allows us to do um, is advise them in business decisions while they can still be changed, um, change their tax liability. So a lot of times um, people who come to us have been on in an annual only relationship with their um, accountant. And so that accountant um, tells them around April, maybe October of the following year, what they <laughs> owe. And by that time, there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, so the fact that we're working as a team, we have those financials um, that we're looking at on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, um, but we're all talking to each other the whole time. So when our controllers find something um, that's tax related, they may come to us and say, you know, they could, they uh, make recommendations on a deduction or, you know, these guys are doing really well, well, um, do they know how well they're, how much their business is growing this year and what that's gonna mean to them um, come tax time. And so we make sure that they know that ahead of time. So th- that allows us as CFOs to know if they're wanting, say, say, um, a veterinary clinic if they're wanting to hire a new associate can they do that well we've already seen what their projection is for taxes that year we can make sure that those are set aside um, so now we can actually look and see is there cash um, for that new doctor or same as like if, if a business wants to become their own landlord um, you know do they have the cash for whatever the expansion may be um, our knowing one of the one of the huge things we hear over and over is them knowing their Um, projected tax balance during the year while business is still happening is just huge for them
0: yeah Yeah, i had um a few years back when i was talking to prospects and even current clients uh, that were on an annual tax relationship I had a client in December that said that he just couldn't sleep at night because he was so worried about what he was going to owe. Um, and was there anything that we could do to help? And it was really letting him know, like, yes, there is. However, we can't do it one time in March when you bring us all of your income and expenses for the whole year. But if we're keeping up someone, it doesn't even have to necessarily um, – be an accounting firm, but somebody has to have accurate and timely financial data. That income and expenses needs to be categorized and um, financials completed so that you can see and that you can plan for that tax liability that may or may not be there um, rather than potentially just going off of like a bank balance and like, is there money in the bank? Okay. Keep going for the next day until, you know, we get down to zero. And so, uh, yeah, there's definitely a way, and this is a way that we found with our team that's working really well. Well, we, we have multiple people um, working on that client to make sure that their data is correct and even optimized um, for their advantage as a business owner.
1: Yeah. I think the other the other piece that we've seen controllers really add a lot of value, um, like Leslie's example, in a professional service type of business with doctors and things like that. um, Everybody wants to hire that next associate because that's either their succession plan or that allows them to take um, less product, less of a production role and be more of a business owner, which we encourage. Um, But what what they have to be okay with is with that new associate with that new person comes additional salary additional compensation which means less profit and less cash flow to that owner during that period of time when they're ramping up and building additional client base or patient base whatever you want to call it um to to fulfill you know their production and and so A lot of times we have to look at cash balances, we have to look at profitability and are there small tweaks that need to be made before you bring on or that next hire or things like that? Or are you gonna go out and get a loan and a line of credit and that's your lifeline to pay for that person's salary while you build up? So all of those conversations that Leslie and I are able to have uh, from a planning perspective, we could only ever have because the data is accurate. And the other piece that client controllers, because they are in charge of those financials, if there is a bank involved, like in that line of credit situation, or if there's a bank because the doctor or the business owner wants to buy real estate for their business, or they want to expand and buy another you know practice or location or whatever that looks like, and a bank will be involved, a banker will be looking at those financials. They will be looking at that tax return And part of the conversation that Leslie and I have to have as a fractional C-suite person with that business owner is we kind of have to knock them in line sometimes and tell them, if this is truly your goal in two to three years to own your own building, then we've got to get tight on expenses. Some of the personal stuff that is in the gray area, we need to allocate it a certain way or remove it from the business altogether. And We can push back on those clients. And I think everybody on our team has a respect enough to do it. It's probably more Leslie in my place to be that voice of reason and back it up with why we're giving that advice. We can only do that because the controller and the CSM have categorized things the appropriate way. And based on that category, we know what that means to the bottom line, whether it's profit or what that means to the bank account and the cash flow that was being used for those expenses in that scenario. So that that is definitely when you align when you take it from big rock goal and kind of back into the different roles and responsibilities on the team of 3 stopping at the controller that is also a part that like we couldn't do the planning without them being involved at that piece.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And since we have um, both of our client CFOs, Leslie, if you're only meeting with clients, maybe once a month, but most most often quarterly, what are you doing the rest of the time?
2: Uh, well, as we discussed earlier, I do like to sit on my couch or lay in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so... A pleasure that we get um, in in the role that we have is to work with our team. So um, like I mentioned before, we're collaborating uh, all the time. So uh, there's a constant chat um, between Client CFO, client controller, and uh, client service manager checking in um, what they're doing to be um, to support the client, um, handling answering questions on you know technical issues, um, looking at processes. Um, so you know if something's taken a long time with clients, looking at like what what are they doing? Um, is there a better way to do this? I think that's one thing that we do really well is focus on a better way. Um, and so as we get to know our clients better. Um, when they interact with us and they are very um, fortright with all of the information that they have um, that's going on with them, then we're able to make suggestions to them. And a lot of times that does come from your client CFO or your client controller and it's delivered by the client service manager. So a team effort. So even though we're only meeting um, quarterly or monthly, um, we're we're aware of what's going on at all times.
1: Leslie is such a better teacher uh, than I am, and she is wired so different uh, than I am. So uh, her clients are definitely more at an advantage uh, than mine. But I think the other thing that I've seen in in Leslie um, is the progression, because Leslie is actually, whenever she re-entered the workforce a few years back and started, we always have this conversation, like, where do you start? And she's actually the first person that has kind of made it through the career ladder of DBA. And so she started at a client service manager level, quickly um, got elevated to client controller. Uh, She didn't like tax that much. So she quickly went for the next ring of client CFO, which she's uh, just excelling at and love the fact that she's seen every level. Um, i also, you know, I, I had to do that certain, uh, certain things that those CSMs now do and client controllers now do, given the life of the business as well. So I guess I also did it, but not in the form and fashion that Leslie did. And I think that is a great roadmap for future people. And so she does a great job in supporting our client controllers as we identify who are those next team members to elevate to client CFO as part of their career plan. And what pieces were missing along the way for leslie whenever we move from csm to client controller client controller client cfo because you you have to move from historical to forward thinking whenever you make that change and sometimes i want to go hide in the corner and just look at historical <laughs> information and break <laughs> it down uh, but that's not that's not really our role on the team any longer uh, our role is to come alongside the clients and the team and really be looking towards the future.
0: Yeah, well, this has been an excellent conversation. I know our controllers do many, many things, even supporting team members within. They uh, are able to provide commentary over financial statements for clients on a monthly basis, looking at trends, looking at outliers and things that they see, and really giving them ideas on why it's happening and or what to do next. Uh, They are helping the clients with tax projections and preparing tax returns so that the client has peace of mind and also uh, stays off the radar of the IRS uh, and save on penalties and interest. And so they play a huge role in our team, but ultimately allow you guys, our client CFOs, to really advise, our clients to continue to grow their business. So with that, that really allows you guys as client CFO to go in and help the client to just get better, Um, whatever that looks like, if that's growing their business or getting ready to transition away from their business, whatever that looks like for their goals, you guys are able then with all of that historical data and accurate financial information to really advise a client specifically in their position towards their goals.
1: Yeah. And we are always looking for client controllers. I, I think that is the main uh, probably takeaway is if someone's listening to this, then they think maybe maybe this sounds too good to be true. Uh, like you said, we look for people that have either seen tax or kind of know what that world looks like, but they don't really like tax. Like nobody <laughs> likes tax anymore. What that means as far as the life that goes along with the tax season. So, um, we we want to mix some of that tax background with almost like a financial planning, somebody that can read financial statements and understand that there shouldn't be negative accounts here or, uh, you know, we shouldn't be coding everything to opening balance equity or whatever that looks like. <laughs> so we want a little bit of a well-rounded person um, that's really looking to grow, and that's the best thing we've seen in adding client controllers is that they can coach the client service managers, but then also, you know, help where they can, the client and the client CFO. And they truly at times are the quarterback for that client relationship. And, you know, Leslie and myself, we couldn't do half, probably all of what we do without the client controller being such a important part in the team of three. And whenever we talk about, Leslie's client, my client, whatever. I mean, it's all a team approach. And there's a lot of uh, cross training between teams or between pods. And we've also have, you know, other people that kind of weigh in and do training and things like that and help where we're needed. So I I think it really is teamwork makes the dream work. And, um, you know, the fact that Leslie and I get to get to be the client CFO is All thanks to the client controller and the client CSM for the, the, all the advice and all the guidance that we can do because they are in place.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for being our very first guest on who's really the boss podcast. And thank you so much for being such a huge part of our team, making the lives of not only our team members better, but definitely for our clients as well. I I love it. (laughs) So glad I got to start this journey with you guys.
1: All right. Thanks for leading the conversation, Leslie. Thanks for being a part of it.
0: Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.